This episode of Finding Demo Surf Fishing is being brought to you by DS Custom Tackle. Head over to dscustomtackle.com and get your hands on some of these brand new setups, man. They have seriously built up some really cool new floats. They got a whole new piece with, the, you know, I got the sand flea. Now you're getting into the blues. Mmm, you're getting into some new colors. Yeah, they're really starting to change it up a bit here, ladies and gentlemen. Lots of different rigs in there. If you're a rig maker or if you want to get into distribution, hey, they can help you out. They've got a whole big setup to do wholesale and another couple pieces. If you have any kind of special requests or anything like that or need to get individual pieces, reach out to them. They are very responsive and extremely helpful because they want to help you get more fish. And they're not just about Delaware. No, their stuff works for anywhere you go. Uh, it's all hooked up for that. So dscustomtackle.com. Get your order in today. It's a new week. You know, that means a new episode. Yeah, no, you're not sad because I'm not. Ah, we're taking a little road trip this week. We're only going a little east of me this time. Yeah, we're going down to St. Augustine, Florida. And uh, it's an interesting place. If you've never been, I've only driven through it, stayed for a couple days, uh, done a little bit of the tourist thing. But uh, it is, what is it? It's the nation's oldest city. And uh, there's a lot of cool history there and a lot of fun things to do. So really, really fun one. Take a look at it. You're going to love that. This week we are talking with a very, uh, gosh, well-known is a great one, infamous. I don't know what the right terminology would be here. We're talking with Mike Cook, also known as the St. Augustine Sandman. Hell of a great musician, fun dude, and great information on his YouTube channel. Just been really doing a lot of fun things. So we're going to really dig into that and get into all the information about St. Augustine fishing and how Mike does what Mike does. So without further ado, I'm going to stop running my mouth here. Mike, welcome to the show, man. Hey, Demo. Man, what's going on? Yeah. You make a brown man blush with all those <laughs> nice little intro things. I am blushing. Aw, it's the way, man. It's just how we do it. <laughs> you, I, I know. I love it. But you are, dude. I mean, you're a great musician. I, I first met you and... Uh, Good Lord, it was two years ago, maybe. It was at one of the one of the Fish Bites uh, events, and you were playing, and I was like, oh, okay, cool, we got a live band, and somebody mentioned you, you know, you've been playing for a while, and I was like, I can tell, he's he doesn't suck, he's really good, and it just made the flow in that one, and I... I, I tell myself, don't suck, don't dude, suck. <laughs> bro, same, even on every one of these podcasts, I always have to remind myself not to suck. <laughs> so, and then uh, I just kept hearing more about you, and I saw you a couple more times as I went, and people had just said, yeah, he's a great angler, you should take a look at his YouTube. I was like, he's got a YouTube? Oh, he's an angler. Oh, crap, there's a whole bunch of things. And finally, um, the stars align, and I can get you on the podcast, because uh, I've been lazy, and I'm sorry. So, I'm glad that you're here. We are here. We have made it. <laughs> yes yes we have oh man okay so everybody to find mike stuff uh, you can find him on facebook youtube tiki talk um are you on insta i didn't see you when i did my little stalking uh of, of information uh instagram when you know what man i don't have time for all these social media things i wish i did <laughs> 
I, I do have an Instagram. I don't really do anything with it. Right. I need one of those uh, artificial intelligence agencies to uh, maintain it all for me. That'd be great. Uh, it's it's probably coming within the next couple of years. I, I have no doubt. I mean, it's only a couple of matter of years from now before we all get the USB port installed in our head or something to be able to go, oh, that's what I meant for that. Yeah. That's scary. Well, the cracks are already the cracks are already there. So <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Uh, okay, so you guys can find Mike uh, on Facebook is Saint Augustine Sandman. Uh, YouTube will be Saint Augustine Sandman Fishing One Two Four Nine, and Tiki Talk is Saint Augustine Sandman. All of these will be linked back on the transistor page for you to find for the show notes for the episode. It'll also be on FindingDemoSurfishing.com. Lots of cool things there. So let's get it started. Let's start at the very beginning. Tell us your story and what got you into fishing. Uh, quick, that's a quick story. Um, I've, I've been fishing my entire Florida existence, which is, um, I'm going on 41 years of life, nice. but, um, so to start really what got me into surf fishing, surfing, we, um, my buddies growing up, we were like foam boarders and stuff and I would see all these fish in the surf. And then uh, we decided to start catching them because, uh, being kids and growing up in the nineties, that's what I did. Uh, there's no... <laughs> There's no way. There's nothing you can do. You can go to the mall or you can go to the beach. We went to the beach. Yeah. And yep. that's uh and then uh I'm not exactly sure what you what you really want me to say, but uh we just had a fascination for catching those fish, so we figured out how to. That's about that. No, you said exactly what I would hope you would say. Your story. It's all good, man. There's there's no script here. And you only... know, once you catch one, once you catch one fish, you're like and then you're out there with your high school buddies. It's like, well, mine's bigger. No, mine's bigger. You know, and then you just keep doing it. That's, that's what we did. And the worst part is it doesn't stop. Here we both are in our 40s. It never like, ends. Yeah, mine's a little bigger than yours. <laughs> Good luck catching another one. <laughs> yeah. Now I have competitions on my channel for uh, who can catch the smallest. So. Hey, you're speaking yeah. my language right there. Because we're getting so good at fishing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. No, I'm just teasing. That's funny. Well, it's just like the kids can fish uh, the tournament there. You know, it's like, hey, I got to catch the small. I got to be the king of the smalls. And I, I know when this one airs, unfortunately, the, the tournament will have come and gone. So hopefully uh, when you're hearing this, I will have a bunch of stuff to report that I did it again. I, I'm forecasting I'm going to find the smallest fish again. That's my goal there. Uh, anyway. You want to catch a small fish, here's a here's a quick tip use big bait <laughs> the small, these little small guys are biting baits half their size or three quarters their size oh dude but, it's so and like when I'm you're like, doing what? metal too it's even it's like what were you thinking this lure is almost your size <laughs> there's no reason for this these are overachieving yeah man fish fish are just like humans they they, they want they want the big the big baits mm -hmm. they can't eat it all yeah <laughs> Save some for the rest of us. Yep. There. <laughs> what is your favorite thing about fishing? Uh, honestly, um, it's just being out there. It's being out there, meeting new people. Um, I know it's like I'm out there by myself a lot, and I'm, I'll be out there by myself. But God, when someone like is like half a football field away, like 50 yards away, and you see him, you're still communicating with them. You're looking over, they're looking over at you, you know. And, and then at the end of the day. You end up talking to that person at some point or it, the my favorite thing about fishing to answer the question is meeting the community and meeting new people 
that's it. That it's it's the best thing about it. That's an interesting one. I like that. So you're you're a social butterfly on the beach then. It's 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 amazing what a fishing rod will attract. Oh, yeah. <laughs> People come from all over. I, especially being in St. Augustine, Florida, this is the, uh, like you said in the intro, it's the oldest city in America, uh, established 1565 as the very first city, at, like actual city on the books. And uh, people come from all over the world to come fish here. And once they see a fishing rod, curiosity, it, and it, I get to talk and meet with new people. I've met famous people on the beach, like just cruising through. And, and I'm like, Cause they're, cause they're here doing a show at the amphitheater or something. It's real. it's really cool. Oh, that has to be fun. The, wait a minute. You look real familiar in your incognito ways. Where do I know you from? Hmm. I, I get told a lot that, that, that I look like Nick Miller from new girl. I don't know if you guys listeners ever watch new girl, but I get that all the time. I'm like, no, I'm not him. No. And they're like, that's something he would say. I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> Oh my god! And you sound like him. Oh my god! You're him. You're right. I I, I run a YouTube channel as a lookalike. That's right. That's what I do. Oh, it, it's hilarious. It's fine. I, bet I it embrace is. it. <laughs> they good on you, man. Good on you. Oh, that's so funny. You've been doing fishing here for a while, like you said. You you're forty something years. You're in your forties and you're playing it up. With all that time, what is a bucket list fish that you want to catch? Well, there's too many to name, to be honest. Uh, I really do want to catch uh, an inshore red grouper. I've seen it done. My buddy caught one uh, underneath the Lions Bridge in downtown St. Augustine. And I was like, are you kidding me? But um, actually, you know, that there, there are too many bucket lists because there's so many fish in the ocean. Yeah. That I just And I see people catching and. I have to travel to them, but bucket list for me in my area here, it's the fish I haven't caught that I've, I've heard or seen anybody else catch. And uh, red grouper, believe it or not, is one of them. And uh, I really want to get a northeast Florida snook, okay? I was out yesterday, and my buddy Adam Morley caught one. I'm on the same boat as him. He caught it right next to me. I didn't catch it, but he caught one, and I'm just like, oh, why not me? Why not me? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that happened yesterday in the intercoastal ways, to throw that out there for the listeners. There are snook coming into northeast Florida. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've seen a couple of videos with you and Adam on there. You guys got some uh, – you, you just dropped one the other day, actually, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I thought I saw that. Yeah, but... I fished with Adam a lot. Um, him uh, – we – I'm I'm kind of a nerd in that way, like like he's very punny, and uh, kind of got that dad joke sense of humor, and I'm all about it, man. I I just if I can if I can laugh, I'm I'm living. So that's <laughs> he helps me do that. That's good, perfect. He's a hell of an angler. He, he's so he's very very knowledgeable. I've heard I've heard he is quite good, but it's you know it's funny, and you bring it up, and I know this isn't on the list, but we're just gonna go ahead and say it. Yeah you get to fishing with certain people and it just somehow becomes like the, it just, you get closer and closer. And it's like, yeah, that's, that's my fishing buddy. It happens all the time. You just kind of end up like real close to one or two individuals. It's, it's, it's strange how that happens, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, for me, anybody I fish with, it's any single person I have fished with. 
we are friends. We've made a bond. Yep. That's that we are friends for life. It's like forming. I'm a musician too, so it's like forming a band. And when you make music with that person, and you have a great day, you'll never forget it. it I don't. It, it's it's wonderful. And Adam and I'm blessed enough to go out with Adam a lot. So um, he's made me laugh. He did some stuff for ESPN too. He was uh, oh, wow. uh, tur- a tournament fisher for, yeah, yeah. He's been in tournaments and stuff, and uh, I've learned a lot from him in the inshore environment. He's he's really helped me. He's a book of knowledge. So I'm throwing him out there. Very cool. Yeah, this, the friendship thing is forever, man. I mean, it's it's stuck. Like Justin Reed from Justin Reed Fishing. Uh, I am out there with him so much. Uh, I'll fish with anybody, absolutely. But you get Justin and I together. It's like, yeah, that's kind of normal. That's what the, that's what people expect. Like, oh, oh, you're out. Oh, you, the other one's out there with him. I've heard Justin Reed, a sinker guy, tell me about Justin. He's like, man, you got to talk to him. You guys, he, you remind me of Justin. And I was like, who? Hey, and now you're talking about him. Too. I get, I gonna have to contact him. I don't. He's gonna, we're going to have to hang out and do a video together or something. You, you might. He's a drummer, by the way. He won't tell anybody Is that, he really? but he's a drummer. Okay. <laughs> Come on, Justin. Hit those things. Let's go. Yeah, I just threw my buddy under the bus there. Yes, I know you do it, and there you go. You're stuck with it, pal. Uh, all right, back on the games here. Sorry. Where would be a dream place for you to go fish? This is, gonna, this is not sarcastic at all, but it's like literally I'm already living that dream, but like Right on the beach in St. Augustine, Florida, 4th of July, right next to the pier, about 2.30 in the afternoon on an incoming tide. That cannot be done. No. It's, like, as soon as you said that, I'm like, that's awfully people-y. There, that cannot be done. That's a dream for me. That'd be awesome. I just wish uh, maybe they could like move over to left or right so I could throw out right there because they put that huge jetty wall there now. There's like it, The fishing would be fire right there, but uh, you just can't get there. But if it's somewhere else, is that what you're getting at? It would no, be in, it's uh, whatever you want. I'm I, I'm a I'm a St. Augustine boy, man. I I love my I love being here. I I enjoy it. It's a it's a challenge because it's the water is so much darker. It's like it's a challenge, and and I accept I accept the challenge. I do have a bucket list place I want to go though, and my wife is like, nah. <laughs> oh no! Go. Yeah, well, it's Alaska. I want to go to Alaska oh, yeah. and, fit, and fish with my buddy Adam, uh, Adam West. He's he's a charter captain out there, and they're they're catching these hundred pound giant halibut. I mean, if you don't know what a halibut is, you probably do. If you're, but like, it, it looks like a flounder, but it's just like times a million, and uh, mm-hmm. huge hundred pounders. Bigger than humans. Yeah, it's like they make I, them big up there. There, there's nothing tiny about an Alaskan halibut. And they're catching them on lures, man. And I'm like, yes. So that that is a dream for me. I want to make a reality. Uh, it's gonna happen. It, it, you know, you you bring up the halibut, and uh, it's it's funny because I started following some people. Adam West, actually, I did. Fo- I followed. Um, I ended up running into his stuff, and I was like, hmm, this is interesting. Uh, but then we go way back me and him. oh do you oh yeah oh yeah 20 20 years oh geez okay well so i ended up doing an episode with randy cisco uh, uh compassion through fishing he's up in alaska and he surfs you know he does surf fishing up there he does it right from the beach and the he started showing me pictures of these halibut he's catching I'm like you're catching them from the shore he's like 
yeah, it's not that hard. I'm like, I see all these guys doing it through boats. What the hell? He's like, dude, the fishing up here, you can go anywhere. And the fishing up here is going to be good. You just need a couple of things, a couple of factors, and you're going to be having the best day ever. So, yeah, I, I know what you're talking about there. And I, I can only imagine you going out in there without them catching those friggin' monster slabs. In the summer. I'm talking about in the summer. Yeah. You know, people... <laughs> You know, it's, we're not talking about full-on Eskimo gear here, but I would I would like to go in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to try one winter, right? Nope. I would do it. I would do it. I, I love it. I've been here in Northeast Florida underneath bridges in the wintertime where it's like wind tunnel, 20-degree 20 wind chill in Florida. So for me, I know other people are like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's nothing. The Northerners, <laughs> that's nothing. But like, for, if you're used to it being hot all the time, it, I'm not conditioned for that cold. But I'm out there and I'm catching black drum underneath bridges in the cold. So it, I'll, I'll do Alaskan cold. Let's go. All right, there you go. Sold. You're gonna make it happen. Okay. <laughs> Last question in this one, and then we're gonna get into the knowledge piece. Can you share a memorable surf fishing story uh, with any kind of unexpected catches or challenges fishing challenging fishing situation? Challenging fishing situation. Um, most of my stuff that I can, that's really memorable or, or like freaky things that like, uh, things that you wouldn't expect to see would be, uh, I was kayak fishing with my buddy, Timofey and we were, uh, I think it was close to midnight and we were headed, we were headed down the Matanzas river in kayaks. And all of a sudden he's in front of me, just huge explosion goes off he flies out of the kayak he and the water's just like a giant 10 feet in the air splash i'm and this is midnight okay so all we have is the moonlight to light the way and i'm like what in god's name just happened to my buddy tim Buffet? i have no idea and i'm flashing flashlights trying to see he got launched out of his kayak by a manatee a mama manatee and a baby and i and I don't know what it was. I'm, I'm thinking shark. I don't, you know, I don't know. I, I've seen every scary movie in the, about oceans and stuff, but I was like, what? And I, am I next? Was my yeah. question. Am I next? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like what's going on? And, uh, but he's alive. He survived. He just got launched out of his kayak and he stood up and he was just like, Oh, my cigarettes are wet. You know, my, <laughs> <laughs> my phone is wet. Uh, I was like, God, I'm just happy you're alive, dude. I don't know what that was. Oh, um, yep. I would have thought great white manatees, shark. You got to watch that. <laughs> Dude, um, I ne I've never heard of a manatee doing that, and but I could see it with a mom and a calf. I could see that. But bam, just taking out a kayak. Whoo, spooked them. Apparently, it's a thing. Um, I, we looked it up afterwards because we were like, has that happened to anybody else? And it, it has happened. It, like, if you get too close to a, uh, a manatee in the intercoastal ways, I mean, yeah, you want to take pictures of it and stuff, but if it, it if you don't know they're there, that mama will uh, use its tail to flap you out. He got he got basically uh, pimp slapped by a manatee, you know, with that, with that fin. Like <laughs> he said, it hit me in the face. I was like, oh my god. Uh, yes, I need to that audio. That's getting saved right there. I'm gonna send you that for your TikTok. Tail slapped by a manatee. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man, it was terrifying, and yet. Super hilarious at the end because he survived. Otherwise, I don't know. 
Man, I'm I'm glad he survived, and that's a hell of a story, and one hell of a great memory right there. That's for dang sure. But this is the perfect. You know what? We're gonna move into the knowledge piece. So this is actually the very perfect time for us to go right ahead and get the first bay check knocked out uh, knocked out for the episode. It is the first bay check of the episode. Hopefully you've already started catching fish and doing the great things. If you haven't yet, bring that line back in, switch the bait up, change the zones, do something different. 20 minutes is a long time in the fishing world. You guys know this. The This bait check is being brought to you by the Kids Can Fish Foundation. Kidscanfish.net is the website you need to go take a look at. They are a 501 C3 or charitable organization that takes all that money that you guys donate and puts it back into fishing camps for these kids. These uh, They set up camps for cast net surf fishing inshore all these different ones and they teach these kids how to do it so that way they have the knowledge piece now on top of that they also provide all the gear and when the kids are done they get to take home that gear whether it's a new rod and reel a cast net whatever it may be it's provided because of the dollars that you provide they've also got the tournament that goes on every year with the saint simon's island running of the bulls and all the money from that also generated gets back in there if you're interested in supporting or sponsoring or getting involved with them in any way shape or form go over to kidskinfish.net take a look at the website get in touch with tom and the team there they'll take good care of you and they're doing great things for this community truly they are so how can surf anglers read and interpret the beach conditions to identify productive fishing spots uh, and locate schools of fish? Well, for me, the first thing I do is I walk out on the beach. Uh, If it's a new, if it's, I fish when I can fish. So it doesn't matter what tide at that point, but there, but if you're planning a trip, it's different. But like when I'm like on the beach, someone throws a rod at me spontaneously and says, Hey, catch a fish. Well, I go to the to the sand dunes, I look at the ocean, I go left to right, and I look for whitewash, and I see what it's doing. Uh, I look for shells and debris on the beach to see where they're stacking up, and then typically, I'm just, that's where I'm deciding to try first. You know, I'll give it, I'll try there first. That's what okay. I would do. Okay, so you're using elevation to look at that, then you're going to go look for certain ones. All right. Uh, like it, we'll get into the next piece then, and that, that will complete this saga, if you will, the mission that we're on here. Um, so how do you personally, if it wasn't somebody throwing your rod, how do you plan your fishing trips and select the location to fish? Uh, planning all is it's all tides. It's all based upon t- the moon's going to be doing what it's doing, but like the tides, uh, cause I fish, I'm blessed to fish almost every day. So, I'm like, I wake up, I go, what's the tide doing? Is it low or is it high? Is it outgoing, incoming? Uh, what what time of the tide is it? And if it's incoming tide, I choose beaches that I've already explored or know that the um, it's, it's deeper up close, you know? And if it's, uh, it's basically, if I'm going to go all the way up and down the coast, I have to know my coastlines and where the uh, – I typically like to fish near inlets and things like that because it produces all sorts of variety of bait and bigger fish follow the bait. And depending on what I'm actually targeting, then it depends on what, what bait's moving in the top. Like I know where the, the bait is. Right. If I know where the bait is, that's where I'm going to go fishing. Okay. So 
tides and tides really help out because if it's low tide, I know I'm going to be able to find more bait. Okay. In in like higher impact beaches and low and lower impact beaches, like it it it, it changes. Northeast Florida is a little different. We got we got really tough sand, like you could bounce a golf ball off of it. Or, or we've got super soft sand when you go a little uh, down south of Arm Park. So I'm battling all those things near all the inlets because the way the water is pulling and pushing all that bait. It's a very tricky question, Demo. I was going to say each beach is different uh, uh, from starting at the tip of Jacksonville all the way down. And then when you get into Palm Coast, the sands are different in each location. It's almost getting like darker into like muddier if as you go north more north and then you get like way soft sand like i get to play with all sorts of different beaches being centrally located in st augustine i can go a little bit north a little bit south and planning my trip to answer your question is all based upon tides and what kind of bait i can find each place i was trying to get to that as quickly and easy as possible and i feel like i have a migraine <laughs> sometimes you got to take the long way to get to the end of the destination and that's okay because the long way can bring some really cool pieces but like you did you, you talked about so many different ones um and this is one thing i love about the east coast of florida is y you you talk to somebody and they're in you know, like saint augustine or jacksonville yeah they're going to go up north or south there's so many different beach styles that you can fish whether you want inlets or you want high impact low impact all the pieces you just brought up too with the bait things there's different pieces everywhere you go so how you plan your trips like you just said you just nailed it all man and that wasn't just well, one well, zone no, I, I actually i actually brian i left something out like, oh go ahead has it has it been dredged recently Ooh, that's like, a good we, one we do a, we do a lot of that here and it's like your local beach, uh, if it's been dredged, guess what they just did? They took all the bait that those fish are going to eat right out of there. So has it been dredged recently? There's a lot of things in Northeast Florida we have to consider because of all these um, – every year for the past – well, we've been getting a lot of storms. You know, we get tropical storms, and uh, they move up in depressions, and, and it changes the uh, underwater topography, if you will, of um, – the sand, the sand, and the and how closely you can reach a trough, or how closely you can reach a hole, or where the rips go. Are they now in front of a condominium that you can't? You know, it's like you really gotta um, scout. Yeah, no, you dude, scout. You're the one of the very first. <laughs> I think there's only been one or two episodes where people have brought up dredging, and it's not very common to talk about, but it happens a lot over there with yours because you guys have a ton of movement. And you got the inlets that are all shipping and stuff like that that are – it happens. You guys do a lot of that. So, no, it's a great thing you brought it up. Thank you so much for bringing that up because it's an important piece to think about right there. You just mentioned it. Well, you know, the loss of bait. That's huge. Yeah, save yourself some time. I mean, even if it's your favorite beach, but if it's just been dredged, I wouldn't fish it. Yep. No, it's going to take a minute for it to get back to where it needs to be. Mm, not good. All right, so you've talked about the planning piece. Now let's. Now you know you're going somewhere. You've picked it up. All right, now you're there at the beach. You're looking around. How are you going to select your spot to fish? That's based upon the top of the water. So if I see some whitewash on top of the water, I'm thinking, okay, that's cool. That's where the waves are crashing onto the sandbar. There's whitewash right on top. I'm thinking, okay, well, as soon as that 
Have you ever been swimming in a wave and it crashed you onto the sandbar? What happens? It get you roll around. Everything gets rolled around. Well, so do the the uh, the bait. So do the sand fleas. So do the uh, donut clams. So do the, the the smaller baits. They all get moved around. And and then it, if it's I'm looking for a rip where a a wave is going left and and the other wave is going right, and you can see these two waves. Or, or they're coming at each other from different angles and they're moving out depending on incoming outgoing tides. And I look for those. I look for whitewash. And then I'm always fishing about 10 to 15 yards to the right or left of where I'm seeing a rip current or a bunch of whitewash. I, sometimes I'll toss right into the whitewash if I'm focusing on pompano or, or, or whiting. You know, there's, but I'll go into deeper holes, like to the right or left, if I'm looking for those redfish and things like that, because, mm. or, or black drum, I'll toss right in there. There you go, ladies and gentlemen, you, you wanted the instant uh, gratification piece, that, that part of the episode right there. Nah, no one else has mentioned the holes like that for the difference with red and black drum on the East Coast. Nice, dude. Very nice. I love it. Oh, that's the thing. Yeah, right on. Pushing the buttons here. Hey. <laughs> well, you nailed the next part with the casting. And you talked about this a little bit earlier with uh, moons and the tide phases. Uh, and you talked a little bit about it, but let's do this. So with an incoming tide or an outgoing tide, what are you? What are your factors for fishing and what are you targeting then? Uh, it, th- that depends on the time of the day too. Um, yeah. Incoming tide, I'm looking for... I'm looking for those fish that are like really predatorial. I mean, you can catch whiting year round and they're always here. But if I'm looking for those like cruisers, like Pompano, Palameda, um, Jacks or whatever, if they're, if on an incoming tide, I'm, I'm looking for good movement of the water to come to me. And when it's bringing, cause it's, it's pushing all that bait stirring it up the tides are the the uh sorry not tides the the waves are crashing and when the waves are crashing right there at at the beach at the right there at your feet okay all that bait is getting stirred up and the ocean's pulling it right back out as it's trying to push more heavy water cooler water into the shore so on an incoming tide that's what i'm targeting as why was that the question whiting and pompano during incoming tides and then because I mean, you can do it on outgoing too but but on that tide i'm specifically targeting those fish okay yeah it really was open just wondering when what tides and what you're fishing for how you're playing it really so yeah you nailed it dude you're good yeah i get lost in the moment i'm trying to make sure i cover the uh question <laughs> make sure i answer the question yeah you're good um you mentioned a little bit about, you know, I think you said you weren't throwing metal in the surf as much, but what type of rigs and things are you throwing? Depending on what I'm targeting, I, I really, really like gotcha plugs. I'm, I'm a gotcha fan. They got me. Okay. Um, I've caught all sorts of different species throwing uh, that because it's like, and I like only things that are around one ounce because one ounce, I feel like I do two ounce depending on uh, distance. If I if I have to get it really far out there, I'll up it up to two ounces. We have a lot of wave movement here in Northeast Florida, so the waves it's really hard to like. You have to stand in it. 
you know, to, to really get out there. So if you've got a two ounce weight from the beach, you can get it a lot further. So I'll use something really shiny. Um, that's about a two, one to two ounces and typically a gotcha plug, a, a diamond jig, or I really like, um, if you're going to use top water, I, it's, it's, it's different here. I, I know it's, it's not really, but it, it is kind of because we have crazy winds year round here. So a lot of people tell you use top water and uh, I use spoons, but top water is really, really hard to throw in Northeast Florida because we, I feel like we've had crazy winds for like five years straight. It's just insane. And now we have tropical storms coming as well. So I typically, I typically throw one ounce to uh, two ounce weights to answer that question the best I can. What I do, that's what I do. And spoons. Okay. Yeah, I think it's great, man. I'm a one ouncer as well. Uh, the only other time, like I'm normally throwing a one ouncer on that rod. It feels comfortable and I'll go up to a two for certain things. So, but wait, I mean, we're not going to talk about that today. Like yeah. if I'm at Matanza's Inlet, I'll throw a two ounce because for one, it's ripping. Yeah. Once you're, once your bait hits the, uh, I mean, if you're trying to get it subsurface, it's not going to go subsurface unless it's like about a two ounce. And in in that situation, you know, if if that tide is ripping and that the water is moving fast, and you're trying to jig or throw a, a gotcha plug or a or a, a basically a jig head with a, like a paddle tail or something. If it's ripping, if that current is ripping super fast, which we have here, it's not flat, still calm like it is other places in Florida. It's it it moves, so you, you've really got to play your elements and uh, basically just let that water take that bait and just kind of lift it up every once in a while, and you will hook up. Uh, I've heard lots of stories about Matanzas, especially with speed of water. So yeah, you 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 got that dialed in. If you know what you like, you just said you got it dialed in. So I don't even know. You need to put the other part there. You nailed that one. Um, oh, come fishing with me if you want to fish Matanzas Inlet, and there are so many tips and tricks there. Maybe we could total podcast on just Matanzas. I could oh, do it. I'm down. Okay, I'm. I need to come back to the east side here and go have some fun. It's been it's been unfortunately too long for me, and I've been too lazy to drive. I need to fix that one. Um. So, but your primary style for surf fishing? Do you throw a lot of lures? Do you do a lot of set rigs? What What do you normally do? Surf fishing for me has changed has changed i used to just do a single drop rig when i first started um because of how there's not it's it's very low impact uh i've learned that word recently uh from from all these anglers around here i didn't come up with that but low impact meaning it's uh shallow pretty far out so i would use uh single drop rigs and then um i started watching uh other anglers who would fish the deep pockets when they get to the second sandbar, they're like, yeah, use doubles, use doubles. And I'm like, all right, cool. So I now I fish doubles, but I will on, on low impact beaches, I will use a single drop. Um, Chip Brundage, the sinker guy, he's, uh, he's kind of sparked me back into that. He's like, the, it's the Uno rig, baby. And I'm like, <laughs> I used to do that. You know, I was like, but I, I, I think I'm going to do it again, man. I, I like the way you're, you know, he gets me all hyped up because I'm always doing the same thing. But typically I use a double drop rig in the surf um, and I use float, floated hooks. I'm, I'm floating hooks and I'm 
you do whatever you can do. But I, I prefer the bait to be off the bottom because we do have tons and tons of catfish coming out of the salt run area into the uh, right through the Volano, um, right, right into the inlet there, you know, where, where the, uh, the uh, gosh, what's that place called? St. Augustine Amphitheater and uh, the grounds all throughout there. And it's the jetty wall. And that, it's just ripping through there. So I'm trying to say, I tend to use things that float. We have tons of catfish coming through there. So if you can keep it off the bottom, keep your bait off the bottom, then you'll be good. And I think a, a single drop at low tide, double drop at high tide. I hope I'm not boring anybody. I'm trying, <laughs> You're I'm good, trying to go dude. Inside, inside my own head of what would I be doing? And it does change on each beach. If I go all the way down to Barn Park, I'm throwing a double drop. It's super deep right up close. No problem. You know, but you got to, you got to throw it out there. Get that uh, Uno rig from uh, the sinker guy, man. He's, <laughs> it's pretty cool. See, you bring it up. I'm, I'm glad you did it like this. And I know, I know it was uncomfortable for you there. I feel it. But this is the cool part that I think a lot of anglers don't get to see because it, we're, I'm not saying we're lazy, um, but we are also creatures of habit. You talked about going one place. I got to use this. I'm going to another place. Hey, I know this. I need to use something different. I have to bring this piece to that. You have identified those features for the areas that you fish and have identified, hey, I know this works. I know this doesn't work as well. So anytime I go to this beach, I need to switch my rigs to this. That yeah, is I have key. Four, I have four bags. Okay. I, oof, I so understand that. Th that's the thing I hope that people really take away from that whole piece that we were just discussing there is one beach is not, it's not a one size fits all in this game. You can, you can do it that way, but you're going to be more successful as you see that, Hey, this beach provides this with this type of rig. This beach provides this with this type high impact, low impact requires me to use different things. That is really great that you brought it up that way and presented it because it would gave that other piece for people to think about of you can't just go out there and throw a double drop all the time and hope for the best. Sometimes you need to get a little bit more technical and you're going to be more successful. Oh, God. Trust your local tackle shops. Trust them. Yep. Go in there. I mean, talk to them. Surf fishing is, is a little different beast because it's not as big as like offshore and inshore. So surf fishing is... There's not too much knowledge uh, in, in, the, in most of the bait shops, but it's starting to get there. I'm trying my best to um, – I, I go to every single bait shop that I can, and, I, and we talk shop. And, I, and that's the best thing anybody can do is go in and talk and, and learn what rigs or whatever you should be trying to throw. Dude, so good. So, so good. All right, we're going to move into the next piece here, but uh, next question. But before we do that, we just hit the perfect amount of time to knock out another bait check. Yes, we did. Hey, 
It is the second bait check of the episode, and yeah, you definitely caught fish by now, because look, you're getting all this knowledge, and you're changing things up. I know you're going to be successful, and hey, we just mentioned him. This bait check is being brought to you by The Sinker Guy. Over to thesinkerguy.com, look at everything that Chip's got going on in The Sinker Guy garage. Hey, you just heard Mike talk about it. The Uno rig. That's right. It's not the it's not the Bruno. It's the Uno. Yeah, it's a new single dropper. Really cool in there. Maybe you need to get your hands on some sinkers. I don't know. It's kind of his name. This is bread and butter. The Sinker Guy. Yep. Lots of Sputniks. If you need something special, reach out to Chip. Maybe he can help you out with that. There is some adjustments that can be made. Terminal tackle, tools, lots of great stuff over there at thesinkerguy.com. Get your order in. Great customer service. Extremely fast shipping. And Chip's just a great dude. So it's a super win. Okay, we, we nailed that next one. What are some effective strategies for surf fishing at night? Um, I know you mentioned the kayak at night, but I was I guess I should have asked if you do a lot of surf fishing at night. Um, actually... You can call it early morning. It's pitch black. That counts. <laughs> yeah. So I would during. Yeah. I mean, we do go out at night. I used to go out at night, like right when the sun was dropping. So I'd fish all through uh, sunset into night, and it's it's basically tips and tricks that I have. I mean, it's not it's not like an it's a no brainer really. You need light. So I use uh, I got a forehead light I clip to my head. I got a a, a light that clips on my cart. The LEDs uh, are really bright, so it really helps out. My buddy Brian, I, I, do you know Brian Curlett? I'm sure you have. Oh, of you know course, him? old surfishing solutions. Thank you so much. Okay, that man, I swear to God, he is the MacGyver of surfishing. Dude is amazing. I love that guy. So I've been talking with him for a long time. Um, I guess four years now. I don't know, but he's got glow in the dark painted rod tips and he's got a mounted black light that shines on them so they're like glowing and if anybody has the tips and tricks for that it it's brian curlett and surfishing solutions i use his uh rod spikes too and um car he he actually somebody ran into the back of my uh cart caddy that goes on the back of my suv which holds my beach cart and i, I was wheeling back up to my cart and my truck and the thing is like completely sideways aluminum bent off broke off and it was a hit and run and i was like well how am i gonna get my beach cart home i have no idea so i threw it on top of my thing i took it over to brian's house and he helped me fix my beach cart and um i have just been in love with first uh surf fishing solutions ever since man he's just amazing yeah brian's a magician uh, he really is but yeah you need light that's my tips and tricks uh of the night and also the moon there's your moon uh at night if it's if the sun is reflecting basically if the moon is opposite of the sun that's when i would get fishing at at night because then you're gonna have way more light from the uh, reflection of the sun off the moon onto the waters like full moon or whatever that's all i got for that really okay. that's perfect what would you oh, 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 oh. oh i'm sorry i got one more thing go ahead if you don't have enough money for uh, all that stuff, like glow-in-the-dark rods and things, but uh, you can clip on bells. I've, that's what I used to do and early in the morning. I would clip on bells to the tip of my rod and everything. Yeah. Jingle, jingle, jingle. I'm like, oh, there's a whiting. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I use the, the glow-in-the-dark uh, clip-on sticks. Uh, I found those a little while ago. Anybody that wants to see them, they're back on findingdemosurfishing.com. It's not an order thing. If you just want to see it, the information is there. I'm not selling you. Um, oh, see, that's cool. I would, I would definitely, 
I would do that just to try it. Oh, dude, they're great. Awesome. They they last like, and I it's really creepy. They'll last like two days. It's it's so bizarre, and you can cast with them still on there, which oh, wow. I love. Uh, that was one of the one. That's the only one that I fell in love with that stays on the rod when I cast. So it, it doesn't interfere with the line, but it's just a little like inch and a half total length, maybe. And you just look and all you see is that green tip. And when you see that thing bend, I mean, you know how it is. It's a different adrenaline rush you when the sun's down. It. Yep. Yeah. That's fun. All right. Sorry about that. As, as I digress. Okay. Let me get no, into the next No, no. I just learned something. That, that's cool. I love new products and things. I, I, I have to test everything and try them all out. I love it. I'll send you the link after we're done talking here. That way you can see it and get, figure out where you can get it. Um, so what are some effective bait and lure choices for surf fishing? Uh, and especially when it comes to uh, species specifics. All right. Species specific. You want to catch shrimp. I mean, you want to catch anything, use shrimp. Sorry. You want to catch shrimp use a net. Um, (laughs) if you want to, if you want to catch anything, just go ahead and use shrimp. Uh, that's my opinion. Uh, cause I've used the, and the fresher, the better with the shrimp. If you're targeting pompano, Fresher, the better. I've caught uh, sheep's head on shrimp. I've caught, you know, everything, everything on shrimp. And in the wintertime, I like to use crab and fish bites, man. I swear by fish bites. I love fish bites because I've, I did a whole series where I've only, I'll only pull in fish using fish bites and I've got shrimp on other hooks and things like that too. So uh, I definitely think fish bites shrimp. Um, I've noticed that the the easy flea sand, uh, the sand flea scent that they have, I've caught more species, like different species on that scent yeah. than anything. Like, But if I'm targeting specifically like pompano, I'm using shrimp and clam and crab. And, and that's basic. You can use that for anything. But – it depends if you're using fresh bait, like actual, you pulled it out of the ocean bait, um, shrimp, everything will attack it, like I said. So if you want to hone in on the pompano, you're going to, what are the pompano eating? And typically in d- different times of the year, you're going to catch them eating crabs, like especially in the winter time. Uh, cause the crabs will just kind of like get really lethargic, you know, like, kind of like, like they're just like frozen. They're frozen. If you're frozen, they're frozen. So they just float in the ocean and they just come and pick them apart. Bigger fish will pick them apart. And then the, the pompano will come and just tear up, tear up what's left. And they're used to eating what's left of what everybody else is already eating off of and stuff too. So dude. But I like so, I, I like sand fleas, man. Sand fleas, pompano, sand fleas. Um, I did. I'm, I'm not reinventing the wheel by saying everybody knows that. It's a <laughs> that they love it. I have yet to use ghost shrimp. Uh, I know Chip Chip was out there with me the other day. We were pumping ghost shrimp and stuff, and uh, and I, I those are creepy looking, but I, I love it. <laughs> I, I'm like, what planet are you from? This is an invasion, guys. This is an alien invasion. They are. They are uh, some creepy things, but they're but they're good. Like so many fish love these damn things. It's like a special morsel for them. It's shrimp. Of yeah, course they love it. Yeah, I mean, we, of course they do. I, I would definitely think that um, they're they're maybe they're higher scented than the uh, than basic, you know, ocean shrimp or whatever, yeah. or more of a delicacy for them. I don't know, but uh, but that. 
Pompano will come down. They'll come down and just peck. They'll peck at things like you know. And uh, whenever that little ghost shrimp probably sticks its head out of out of the sand, they're like, "Gotcha." <laughs> Maybe it's fun for them. We don't know what games they're playing. We they're, don't know if they're, it's they're fun the, for them. They're the orcas of sand fleas. <laughs> like just, mm, pick it. <sighs> hit it with a tail. Yeah. Orcas are jerks. For those of you who don't think that you know, killer whales are pretty, they're they're all like, yeah, they're they're jerks. Total jerks. Oh, digression, as usual, as my brain goes off on the corner. And here we go. Um, all right, let, <laughs> let's adjust this now. How do you adjust tactics for fishing when the bite isn't on fire? If the bite isn't on fire, I look at my watch and I look at the tides. I'm like, okay, well, what's going on here? Is it slack tide? Is it stagnant? What's that? Am I doing something wrong? Do I need to rebate, change everything? But my first go-to is look at my phone, see what time it is, and see how far away I am until the water starts moving again. And sometimes if – and if the – it's your location too, man. If, if you go to a beach and there's nothing biting, nothing whatsoever – move if, if that's your goal is to catch fish or if it's just to go have a good time and maybe catch fish that's one thing but if you really want to catch fish if you're not catching fish you've got to move because uh fish aren't there yet is what is why they're just not there yet so you got to go find them and that's that's what i do i'm always on the move it's non-stop nice that's that's a key uh, i think a lot of people forget that one and yeah we we got we got two I legs we can move and we got wheels on our carts so you can push them yeah and what's the water look like what's the you know the, the water water is a i've caught pompano in dark dirty water so it can be done they're they have a keener sight than most fish they're more of a sight fish so it can be done in dark water just use really bright colored uh like yellows and stuff and uh and that seems to, that seems to work um and bright reds but uh if, if they're not biting and the bite is dull move that's just it it's simple as that like just i i just move you know i'm not gonna I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. Just get out of there, <laughs> or or wait, wait, or wait until the the water changes or the uh, the tide comes in. Yeah, gross move. I like, yeah. it, but I like what you're that there. Yeah. <laughs> um, what are? And this is the last question in here. Uh, actually, no, I have two questions. I'm sorry. We'll ask this one and then the last one. Uh, what is it for seasonal fishing there? I know, hey, like you're, you know, over there on your side and my side, summer and winter. That's kind of like the, that's the interesting fishing. You got to get real cute. Spring and fall, it's a bloodbath and it's like, this is the greatest day ever. But t- tell us about your seasons and fishing. Well, in the beginning, seasons were so hard to figure out in this area, man. It was when I first started trying to, basically you, you target what, is biting in each season like what what's coming through and if we're talking about fishing uh specific fish like like sheep's head or something winter the winter bites hot because those crabs get so get so cold they just float they float off the pylons and boom i mean like that bite turns on um you can fish beaches like hammock beach or things like that that have structure and that's winter uh throw crabs in the winter that's what i'm thinking in the season and uh tips and tricks for the winter here in uh northeast florida and anywhere i use hot hands i use uh latex gloves when i'm handling bait so i'm not freezing my butt off you know i i I like the latex gloves because then um, my hands aren't 
ice cold and things like that when the wind starts kicking in. Yeah. Wind breaking material for your clothes. Um, in the summertime, like right now, bring lots of water, uh, shade, sand spike. Um, I use a sand spike on those hard, hard beaches. I did a little video of it, but um, if your if your sand is super hard, you have to have shade. You have to cool off. You have you do not need heat stroke. It will happen in Florida if you're not from Florida. It will happen. It happens to all the people. I'm very, I'm very uh, prone to getting hot out there. So if it's a hard beach, you can't put a sand spike in right away. I mean, uh, an umbrella right away. Use a sand spike and dig a hole. And you can even put your umbrella through the sand spike and it, it'll hold it. And you just got to like use something to tie it, tie it around. But I use my sand spike to dig a hole because get that shade as soon as possible. Do not overheat, drink lots of water. And uh, what, other, what other question about seasons do we have there? That's pretty much it, man. <laughs> I mean, seasons are just a, seasons are a beast. Because, <laughs> yeah, we all get our vacation time, and I know that. And it's just a matter of knowing, all right, hey, if I'm going to be on spring break, yeah, fishing might be good. But on the same note, it might not be. It depends on where you're at. Just same with, like, winter and summer break. Yeah, it's important to know the seasons and how to get through them. So, no, you nailed it, dude, and I appreciate that. Um, it, yeah, the spring – It so Florida is touristy. So there's always going to be people. My only tip on the people is communicate 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 talk to these people i mean yeah you're there to fish but they're there to have a good time too and uh so always watch out for people and uh, make sure you're tying tying your rigs on really good and so they're not snapping off and getting the hooks in the ocean and stuff and just communicate with everybody hey i'm fishing you know uh it's easy to stand on the beach and make people you know just go oh man why are they why are they right next to me? Well, go talk to them. Be like, hey, guys, just so you know, I'm fishing. You know, talk. Communication goes a long way on these beaches because some people don't even understand that your fishing line is out there. Like, they see your rod, and they're like, oh, it's on the beach. They have no idea that it's actually attached to something that's in the ocean. They don't know, and they drift over your lines. Uh, people are people, and they come from all over the place, and that's I deal with it on the regular. But I found that if I communicate – um, it educates. So yeah, good. very, very good right there. Uh, let's nail into this last little bit and then we'll get into the social media and your YouTube stuff here. What would you say are some of the top surfishing mistakes to avoid? Oh my gosh. All right. Everyone turn your volume up for this. Do not forget to rinse your saltwater gear off. Saltwater will destroy everything. Everything, including your, including your line. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. I, oh, I heard it. I was going to turn it up for the people in the back because, oh, okay. yes, do I'll not turn that. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Never, ever, ever forget to do that part. No. So wash off your gear. Do not forget. Um, and also, I've, I've learned that the mono, if you're putting, when you buy any store-bought reel and you're going in and you're just buying, like, a Walmart special. I've, I've heard people say that. If you're going in there and buying one of those, that's fine. Use whatever you're going to use. But uh, summertime in Florida gets really hot. You leave that thing in your car because you're on vacation. That mono is going to be. Uh, it, it's kind of manipulated by the heat. So it all the gases and things that are inside the mono, the oils and stuff. They just kind of like they also like 
it, it'll break your mono. Let's just put it that way. Uh, and then when you're casting, you lose all your rigs. So top mistake I've made is leaving my reels in my car uh, for a few days. And I've had to replace all my line. And it will mess up your braid too, uh, especially if you haven't rinsed the salt water off of your braid. So, and um, oh, another mistake that I've seen people make. This is huge. This goes for everybody and everybody uh, all up and down everywhere in the world. Uh, keeping fish that are unknown to you uh, just because you want to keep fish. Um, do not make that mistake. You do not want that on your conscience for one uh, or, or you don't want that ticket. You don't want that big money ticket. And it's not good for everything, the fish, the community. But um, some people keep everything they catch and they throw it in their cooler. Um, and, ev and even if it is, like, say, the slot limit is the lower slot is like 11 inches, I won't keep it anymore. I yeah. used to. I don't do that anymore. I, I Just because you can keep it doesn't mean you should keep it. Um, I, I let them grow up to be a little bit bigger, like 12. And then when they're about – I'm talking about Pompano specifically. If they're like 12, then when they get in your cooler, they won't shrink down about a quarter of an inch or, or however, depending on how much ice you're putting on that thing. That could be <laughs> shrink-wrapped. I don't know. But um, <laughs> they, they, could, they, could be, uh, they could become undersized after you put them in your cooler. That's a mistake that people – don't realize is that even though it's 11 when you pull it out you're so excited when you put it in that cooler it may become 10 and three quarters yeah you know you just gotta watch out and if you get checked uh while you're on vacation that's the last thing you need to be spending your money on you got to be buying disney world tickets stuff like that <laughs> dude i'm in the same boat i stopped keeping it for now the minimum for me on a pompano is 12 it's like, well, what's the point in going smaller? There's, you're not gaining anything, and there's another one bigger out there. It's gonna be. They always are. But yeah, yeah, those getting a little bit outside the slot limit doesn't hurt your soul, and it won't hurt the fish for you doing that either. You're welcome, mate. You get, yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good for everything. That's why I says good for everything. It's good. <sighs> Perfection. All right. Well, that nailed that one. So now we're gonna go into your YouTube stuff. But you're, dude, you're keeping it on like the perfect timeline here. I'm loving this. You're just nailing it. All right, new subject. This new subject. Perfect. So let's get that last bait check knocked out for this episode. It is your third and final bait check of the episode, and hopefully you've caught a bunch of fish and life is golden. You're just listening to this podcast on the way home, and things are just great. Yeah, that's what we want. This bait check is being brought to you by Ninja Tackle. Go over to NinjaTackleVA.com and go ahead and get yourself on those pretty little rods. That's right, the Ninja Dagger series. You guys know I love them. The 7-footer all the way up to the 12 I have. Uh, the 13 just came out. I don't know if I'm going to go down that path yet, but that's besides the point. If you want a 13-footer, hey, Matt's got it in there. Maybe some reels, lots of cool pieces in there, rigs, terminal tackle, basically just about everything you're going to need to take to the beach. Matt's got you covered in there for on the fishing side. If you're into shooting and firearms, he's got you covered on the firearm accessories. That's right, Ninja Tactical. Lots of cool pieces with aim point, other kind of optics, and Glock accessories. And also accessories for the AR series. Other ones, uh, well, I could go into the whole thing, but there's, yeah. You just need to go to the website, all right? NinjaTackleVA.com. Go take a look. You're, you're going to be all set, I promise. 
All right, man. So let's start talking about your social media, the content creation world. Can you share with us how you got started as a digital creator in the field of surf fishing and your music? All right. Well, I, th- this is a short story. I, there wasn't anybody else in Northeast Florida, not Northeast Florida. That's incorrect. There wasn't anybody else in St. Augustine, in St. Augustine to show me on YouTube where the fish are and what we're biting. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go do it. And I started doing it and people started following it. And then that's, that's where I am now. I, uh, now there's other content creators from Northeast Florida that they, they, they were here before me, uh, but they would come to St. Augustine every once in a while. And so I'd go online and the video would be like from last year or like, uh, four or five months ago. And I was just like, we need something constant. We need something going. COVID happened. Uh, I had nothing else going on. I play music for a living, so everything got shut down. So I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm into videos. I'm into video editing. I took video production in high school, and um, my major in college was uh, music business and creating videos for my music. And so I already had that kind of like understood of how to make videos. So I just put it together and um, typically um, when my dad passed, it, it made me think a lot of like, I don't have any videos of me and my dad. I got nothing. So I was taking my son Dean out and we would video us catching fish and doing, and I would take videos of me and him going on these little adventures, fishing adventures. And, um, and I wasn't doing anything with the content. And, eventually just like a light bulb went off ding hey nobody else is doing it here in st augustine maybe it'll help maybe it'll help the community maybe it'll help you know and uh so i started doing it and people are liking it so i kind of felt like now i have to do it so now i'm doing it and and i also enjoy it so i love it We kind of nailed into what inspired you into the combination. So way to go. You're jumping ahead there. <laughs> oh, my bad. No, I okay. love it, dude. It's, it makes my job easy. And it's, it's so cool because uh, a lot of these questions all end up tying together. And because it's kind of a, a lot of it is similar and sometimes you can't get the information, but there's occasionally a time where you get a question and it sparks a whole nother thing. And it's like, oh, who, who would have thought? So I love that when you did that, that worked out. What roles would you say digital media has played into your approach to surf fishing? Digital media, like, uh, or content creation and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Um, how it played. That's a good question. Cause I'm not really too sure how it plays into me fishing, but it like di- digital media, uh, allows me to share, uh, my, my fish with everybody. So yeah. it's like, Hey, in case you didn't know, if you're like coming in here from Michigan, I hope I'm answering this question, Brian. I, I don't know if I you are. Not, but... Go for it. Okay. Okay. Uh, like if pe- I get people uh, commenting on my videos that are, are from like Michigan or from Ohio or from um, Maryland as of late. And like, they're like, I'm going to be here during this time. What, what's, what's going to be biting? So I just send them a link to a video I did last year. Like, this is what I did during that time. You know, check that out. And it's a good reference and guide for my, I can digitally send them like something. Oh, here you go. Check this out. And this is what I did on this beach. Maybe it'll be the same. Maybe it won't be. Yeah. Okay. I hope I'm answering that question. No, you absolutely did. You you nailed it perfectly because it's the combo there. Um, 
how would you say that you doing social media, content creation, YouTube, all these pieces, uh, enhance your experience with connection with the sport? That's a, that's a good one too. Uh, it's, it's kind of hard. I guess people are reaching out to me and it's connecting me to the sport more. Like I'm going to do this stuff anyway, but since people are reaching out to me, uh, like, Hey, try this, do this. I'm starting to learn new things that I've never learned. And I'm also reaching out to them and asking a bunch of questions. And so I wouldn't have done that otherwise. Otherwise it would just be me doing videos, posting things, but it is the community coming together to reach out to me. I'm reaching out to them and we're, we're combining our knowledge of this area. And I, I think, I mean, I'm not, I know people do it in other areas, but I'm happy that I can do it in this area with, with the family. I've called a family, the fishing family we have here. And I think that's what you're asking. me. Yeah, that was perfect. You're good. All right, we're going to get into the technical piece here. Can you walk us through the creative process? And by that, I mean, how do you plan, capture, edit, and share your surf fishing experiences on uh, on any of the platforms? Okay, so I go out and I fish when I can fish like the average guy. That's just what we do, the average girl, whatever. We, we go when we can go. And so when I plan a trip, it's always like, well, what's going on today? You know, so like I said before, I look at the tides. I make sure that uh, the weather is good. There's no lightning storms or something. We live in Northeast Florida here, so there's lots of storms, lots of lightning. And so you always got to be careful with that. And when I plan a trip, it's, um, well, what what's everybody talking about? What's the bait shops talking about? Well, who's catching what? So I like to go mingle. I like to go talk. Uh, I, can, I check out, I, I know this is terrible, but I really – I, I don't go to YouTube for that. I always go to Facebook and I see what everybody's talking about in the forums and the groups. And then I chime in and talk and we, we all help each other that way. And that's how I plan my trips. And then as far as what I'm going to use to catch those fish, I have to really hone in on, well, what bait is there? Um, what's, what's going on with the movement of the water there's a lot of factors that play when it it's mostly weather, water, and when well, I'm going to sound like Captain Planet here in a second, huh, weather, water, heart, <laughs> it's like, oh, your powers combined, you'll catch a fish. Oh, you know, you uh, just, dude, you just showed both of our age. Cause I can see all the characters now with their rings and I'm all, this is such a good Captain show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man, it like, it all factors in, but if I'm trying to, Sometimes, like, I know for a fact, I'll go down to Matanzas Inlet on a low tide. I'll walk all the way out on the inlet side, and, I'll, and I know that because that water is moving out, or, or it's like on the very end of the uh, incoming tide, I know, okay, that's my trip because that's what's happening right now. So I'm going to go out there. I'm going to throw a gotcha plug uh, out into the inlet side. I'm going to walk out as far as I can, getting wet, wearing a backpack, wearing a camera, and I'm going to go out there, and I'm going to toss – uh, into where the water's moving out into the ocean. And I, I seem to be successful when I do things like that, because I, I know that if the water's moving it, planning a trip all depends on the tide. I said it in the beginning of this thing. I'm saying it now. It's, it's good. And confidence, you know, yeah. confidence. 
you gotta have like I can do this. I can get out of bed. I can go do it. I know it's raining. Whatever. I'm going because I want to catch this thing. Dude, so good. So so good. Yes. Uh, oh, oh man. All right. This kind of flows with it, but doesn't exactly. But we're we're still in the box here. How do you measure the success of your content creation? Is it based on engagements, audience growth, personal satisfaction, or something else? <laughs> I, I get, this is one that I don't know how to answer other than I'm just happy when I get home and I captured the footage because that's what it's all about for me yeah. is to uh, have the memory to share with my, my family. And um, when I get home, I consider it a hundred percent win. If, if, if there's no computer glitches, the ca- GoPro didn't glitch, the cameras are good. <laughs> I've got the footage. I did it. Uh, we caught the fish. That's a success in its own. You can catch the fish, but you also have to catch the footage. And that is a success. And when I get home at oh, and also, I don't know if this is what you're looking for, but um, when people start to comment on it, like, hey, good job, good stuff. I love that about our community where we're uplifting you people, yeah. each other. You know, great job, good fish, you know, way to go. Oh, thanks. And uh, it makes me feel really, really good. So the success there is um, just having the footage to show everyone and being fortunate enough and blessed enough to be at the right place at the right time. (laughs) And that's, that's what really matters. It does. So, so good. Would you say that running your channel has made you a better angler? Running my channel? Yeah. Um, Or doing content creation, any of this piece, has it made you better at fishing? I, I would say it, it. It's like no, no. It's made me a better human being. Ooh, I like uh, that. Fishing, fishing. No, no. It's like yeah, I could take a video of anything, content creating. Uh, but no, it's uh, it's made me a better human being because uh, you're trying to kind of you don't want to offend anybody in your videos. You know, I have lots and lots of jokes that I kind of keep to myself because. They're either not PC or whatever, so you don't put it on. So, and if you practice that through your videos, which I do, I have, I have become more of a nicer person, also, because of video, and like, and what you're putting yourself out there as it, it like, so when I'm in public, and getting recognized for my YouTube videos and things, uh, it, it makes you a different demeanor too it's like i've always been a nice guy and i feel like i have been people always tell me i'm a nice guy but like it makes me want to be a great guy you know what i mean yes and that's it 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 level up you know it makes you it makes you level up and that's what youtube content creation has done for me it's helping me to level up and really be one of the best human beings and and like i really care about the environment like and it's fishing with guys like adam morley and seeing how they really have a passion for uh, clean waterways and things like that, it really helps. And you start to understand, and that's that's part of the reason why I don't keep the, the bare minimum slots anymore also because I, I want that fish to experience its into its teenage years. You know, go ahead. Yep, and it's also kind of like, yeah, I'm going to ask you this. I know it's not uh, on this portion, but – it's like the big fish too, where they say, Hey, yes, you can keep a fish over slot. And all I can think is why that thing's a super breeder there. How many eggs that that's going to produce or 
take care of. Nah, man, the overslot, it can, I'll get my picture and let him go. Yeah. That's the, I mean, that's the science too. Like that's getting into, um, really, really understanding the, uh, the biology of the fish now. And that's like, it, that's what YouTube can help everyone do as well is, and, and podcasts is talking about these kind of things. It's, it's things like that right there. I agree with you a hundred percent, but to each their own, yep. I'm not telling you not to keep a fish. You, if you, by law, you're allowed to do it. You can do it, do whatever you want. It's, it's limit. I'm not telling you not to. I'm just saying me personally, I like to catch fish. So if there's fish in the ocean, I keep putting it back in there. I'm going to catch it again. Later, <laughs> you know, so that's, <laughs> and, and that's very much so for intercoastal thinking for me, for redfish. Like if it's, I usually, I tend to put, put them back. I wonder, I guess that's why they went to like one size one for per slot. Yeah. I, it's, it's interesting, but we did just release over a hundred thousand redfish in this area in Northeast Florida. We, it was, uh, the CCA and the, um, Florida star CCA with Florida star, um, with Duke energy, they, they released, uh, over a hundred thousand redfish this year. And in two years, man, everybody's going to be catching them. And uh, maybe the limit will go back up to two. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. The, the conservation efforts, I mean, I like, I need to do a whole episode on that. That's that's on my list of things to do. But that that makes the difference. I mean, we all want to be able to catch. I want my kid, I want my daughter to be able to catch this and then her kids. I want to take my grandkids out and be like, yeah, look at that red. Yeah. I know. I put it, if, like, if it's in the hole, I'm like, boom, I want to catch that again. So I've always... <laughs> But if you're going out to eat, I mean, that's a totally different beast, and I understand. I'm not hating on any, I'm not hating on any of you guys, nope. man. Like, keep your fish. Absolutely. We all agree. We we are both in very much agreement there, and you know, hey, all good. But if we I got enough fish good. in the freezer, if I got enough, I'm you know, I don't, know, don't have to keep everything we catch. Yeah. Just enjoy. Can you, moment. can you recommend any resources or influencers? If you hate that, God, I hate that word in this community. Uh, I, can you recommend anyone that has influenced your work or inspired you to do more? Influencer sounds so negative. It does, dude. It's like the worst. You influence me. <laughs> like all I see is a, and I, I, God, I'm going to hate to say their name on here and I hope I don't get meta tagged or anything. Cause I don't want to be associated, but you know, I hear the word influencer. All I see is a Kardashian and I'm like, oh, gross. No, I, you know, no, I hate that word. I just, it bothers me. I don't know why. Uh, no, the, trust your gut. It's the red flags. If you get a red flag, you get a red flag. It's just how it goes. That's how I feel. Yeah. Um, your, your question was, is there anybody, uh, yeah, it's helped inspiration? In, inspired you or influenced your work? Oh, okay. That's super easy for me. Fishing was, was always like in, it's always been like, I'll be on the beach and there's some guy catching fish. It's, it's the people that are here. Like, I'm like, what is he doing down there? And then, and then, then once you get social media, I'm like, Oh, what are they doing? It, Everybody that is local that's catching fish, I don't care what kind of pole, what kind of gear they're using. If they're catching fish, that that fires me up. I'm like, what are you catching? What is that? And then, uh, but I've learned so many things from like Chip Brundage. I've learned things from uh, the guys at Fish Bites Trading Post, Brett Warren. I talked to him. We go fishing together. Brett Warren is a book of knowledge. Uh, he. <laughs> He, he's got me up in my uh, pliers game, you know, like things like that. Uh, uh, my buddy, uh, David at Avon Angler, Avon Angler, Chip over at, 
I'm not my buddy David at um, St. Augustine Paddle Sports. We talk about kayak fishing. Uh, Chip um, at Avid Angler. Uh, we talk about reels and taking them apart. I'm learning so many different things. Uh, like at Barry Cronenberg. Uh, I always screw up his last name. I love you, Barry. Cronenberg. BS surf fishing. I, got I, I love talking. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, yeah, you know Barry. Is. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I love talking surf fishing with him, and um, and and he teaches me things about people that I already know, like like uh, Brian Curlett with Surf Fishing Solutions. I learned so much from him. Mark Burford with Over the Bar Rots. I swear. <laughs> Um, I saw, uh, during your, um, what, what's that called? I'm sorry. Your bait check during your bait check. You were like talking about Ninja tackle dagger. I can't wait. I want to talk to those guys. I don't even know, <laughs> but there's so much I can, there's so much I can learn and everybody is working so hard to make this game. Um, the fishing game, surf fishing game, a new, like a, they just want to teach everybody. It's, it's really been the kind of like the black sheep of the fishing community for the longest time. It's like mm -hmm. the untalked about thing. Like it's always been about offshore, inshore, um, kayak and things like that. But surf fishing is really making its way. Um, you got guys on the, in the panhandle just blowing it up on YouTube and that's, that's it right there. The, the knowledge is there. It's out there for everyone to grab. And, uh, you probably have more questions for me, but I was going to say, that's why, that's why I feel like uh, St. Augustine YouTube channels, uh, I, I encourage more people to do it because it helps us see what's up, you know, show it. I don't care. I'll show you my fishing spots, you know, as long as you're putting a fish back. <laughs> <laughs> Only asking for that one little piece. Not much. Just that one little piece. <laughs> wow, man, yeah. you've, you've crushed it in this one. I only have one more, one more question in this category. And then we're on to the last, uh, we're on to the closing ones to get you out of here, man. So, um, okay. I'll, I'll ask this one and then we'll move on. Uh, where can people find your digital content and stay connected with you through your surf fishing journey? St. Augustine Sandman on YouTube. Um, I got St. Augustine Sandman on Facebook. Yeah, I don't really have that many likes on that because I haven't even uh, really launched. I'm starting to get better. I have so many things going on with my music career too. Mike Cook uh, Music on Facebook. Um, I'm a professional musician for a living, so that takes up a lot of my time as well. Everyone's like, why didn't you have a YouTube for music? Because I'm like, that's not what I – no, that's my job. My, my, they're both passions, but my real passion is catching fish. And going out there and being a, a, in the surf and in, in the waterways and catching fish. That's, But you can go on Mike Cook Music and check that out or uh, mcookmusic.com or on any streaming service. If you want to check out Mike Cook and the Jam Shack Underground, you can get my original music. If you like original music, check that out. Uh, some of that stuff has been on television, radios, um, we open for band, uh, like we open for Leonard Skinner, Sister Hazel, Stroke Nine. We've opened for some pretty big bands back in the day. So some of that music is pretty cool. Yeah. Dang. I didn't realize you opened up with, I didn't realize you'd opened up for bands too. I knew you were doing music, but I didn't realize it was that good. That Congratulations, man. Oh, thank Yeah. No, man. We, yeah. So music was my thing, man. It, uh, actually, the song that plays at the end of every single one of my episodes, I have like a, 
sail away with me, whatever. Anyway, I'm not going to sing it to you, but it's called sail away with me. And, um, the touring bass player for flock of seagulls, and <laughs> we're dating ourselves here. Uh, but the touring bass player for flock of seagulls helped me, his name's Lou. And he helped me, um, by being the sound engineer on all that. He played the drums on it. He played the piano. He played, the, he played the, uh, a guitar part on there for me. Um, and he lives in St. Augustine, and it's it's pretty cool. The stuff sounds good, and uh, check that out. And also, if you come to one of my music shows, any one of my shows, I have my new float rig, and I'm just kind of – while supplies last, I'm just giving them away. Like, hey, check this out. It's kind of like a business card. Check this out. Check it out. And hopefully and – and you can use it. Use it, use it, use it. Make your own. Do whatever you want. It's my gift to the community. Make your own. Very cool. And, that uh, is a cool business card. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, you know, they come from all over the world in St. Augustine. Mm, okay. Well, all right. Let's get you into the last questions here, and we'll get you out of here. What advice uh, for someone who's just starting out in the surf fishing game, what's one piece of advice that you'd give them to set them on the right path? Um. I would basically, all right, let's see. Go see the sites. You know, I don't know, fish, fish new waters. Go to events, especially your, um, your surf fishing seminars. Go check those out. Um, Chip and Spencer do a really good one. Uh, fishing Girl, she's got a, a one for, like, just females, I think, down, down uh, near Palm Coast area. Basically, watch YouTube, learn, talk, communicate. Uh, be part of this fishing community family. If you if you take care of your local people, um, you take care of your regional people. You take care of everybody. Talk about them. Lift each other up, and we'll we'll all be able to get fish. We're all going to catch fish. So let's do the best we can with what we got. And uh, if you're just starting out in surf fishing, I suggest that you really pay attention to what the people are talking about and go to. Go be friends with us. Come come to the Fish Bites Trading Post whenever I'm playing music there. Check it out. Look on my page, you know. I'll tell you everything, everything you want to know. I'll talk to you, hang out with you. Um, I'll even go fishing with you. If you want to get into surf fishing and you're you're kind of not sure about bait and you're, you don't want to touch it, it's icky, it's gross, whatever, and you don't like that kind of thing, I don't, I don't know who you, who's listening, but, but um, try the Fish Bites. Try the, you know, try it out. It, it catches fish. You don't even use use artificial baits. You use the scents, you know. Put scented stuff on your on your lures and things. If you, these fish are hungry, you know. Fish during during those times. Check out the tides. Make sure make sure that the um, some of the best times to fish are whenever the the moon is opposite of the sun so if the moon is down and the sun is up awesome the moon is up and the sun is down awesome you know and then base it on that and the moon will come all the way back through the cycles and get back to that phase and you can check it out and there's hotter times to bite like kind of like when the moon and the sun even out is not so not so good so i mean there's things to the science behind it there's things to look at and if you're just starting out in surf fishing have fun just go have fun. Go watch other people do it. Watch my videos. Uh, listen to Brian Demo's podcast if you're not already doing that, obviously. <laughs> but um, 
we'll tell you everything you want to know. Go to the seminars and um, just become friends with everybody and we'll fish with you. If you're nice, we'll fish with you. We'll, we'll tell you everything you want to know. All right. Last question. Get you gone here. What's next for you? Next for me, I, I'm going to try to get this float rig out to everybody that pos uh, Chip Brundage and I are, it's going to be on his sinkerguy.com. Hey, I'm not all about that. You know, like, so he's, I'm going to make these floats that are going to go right on the hook and they float up and we're, um, it, it'll float a big piece of crab, big piece of shrimp. I mean, it'll come to the surface of the water. That's how, that's how good these floats are. And it's a different material. I know people have been floating hooks for a long time, but this is a different material. It's all about the material. The idea has always been there. The concept of has always been there, but this is actually doing it. And so I'm going to get those out there. And that's what I'm working on now on top of doing music. And uh, um, I'm playing gigs at the Fish Bites Trading Post coming up soon. So you can come see me, do a meet and greet and talk. And uh, that'd be fun. I, I, I love that. It's like, uh, what's it called? Uh, request a song. You request a song and I'll see if I can play it for you. <laughs> and uh, that's about it, man. I'm just getting these float rigs out and really trying to catch more fish. Dude, that's so great. And I, I am excited to see your journey on that. I look forward to seeing you when I come back east. I know I definitely will. And I will call you beforehand. Be like, all right, let's go fish. Let's go do something stupid. Catch ourselves some big that fish. Make, that made me so happy. <laughs> that would be so fun. <laughs> Perfect. All right, dude. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Mike. I really appreciate it. It's been a ton of fun. I've really enjoyed it. And thanks for sharing all the information and knowledge that you've got, dude. I, I, I can't thank you enough. Thanks so much. It's my pleasure. I hope it helps. Oh, it definitely did. All right. We'll talk soon, man. All right. Bye-bye. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, lots of great information, lots of really cool things for you to take a look at. And like I said, go take a look at his YouTube channel and his social media, St. Augustine Sandman. Lots of good stuff on there. Mike's just, as you can hear, he's a great human being and uh, lots of good things there. If this episode helped you, as always, please don't forget to share it out. Help uh, someone else become a better angler. That's the best we can do in this community is share the knowledge because we're all going to learn from each other. Don't hoard it. It's not going to help and make, make you feel good. I get it. You don't want to burn up your fishing spot. But the great thing about surf fishing is there's a ton of beach. There's a lot of room. And there's a bunch of fish. It's not that hard. Have fun with it. You've been listening to Finding Demo Surf Fishing. I appreciate you being here. I'm out of here. <laughs>